We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everybody? Special edition of NFL Food for Thought. I bet you didn't think we'd be popping up in the middle of May, but the NFL draft was crazy. I'm Justin Carlucci here with the Chief Will Priester. What's going on, Chief? How are you? And I'm going to make my introduction crazy brief. Uh, we got a living legend that's going to be joining us this week on a, on a one-off pod. Uh, Everybody knows who I am, and you know this gentleman a lot more than me. Uh, let's roll out the red carpet and the white gloves for, for our good friend, uh, Beer Makers fan. I'm just going to shut up and, and let this man hop, hop right in this thing. Beer, what is up, my brother? Chief, that's quite the introduction, my man. I, I don't need all that. I'm just one of the one of the fellas, man, cracking beers, talking to draft, a big fan of the show. So, you know, glad, glad I got the invite here and uh, talking some NFL draft. I mean, can never talk enough NFL draft. I mean, rookie drafts are starting. I'm in a ton of dynasty leagues. So really, really getting things lined up here, but uh, excited to be on the show here, guys. Yeah. And of course it's best ball mania already. Yep. I mean, that the, it's really taken 
the industry by a storm. I'm seeing a lot of Eric Bimefor all over my Twitter feed already. What's up, <laughs> yep. Eric? Love the stuff at Spike Week. So uh, if you guys are craving some best ball content, check out Eric. Give him a follow. Check out Spike Week and uh, uh, good stuff. Um, Jeff Edelstein wrote a great column for RG this week, and it was about where and when you draft the most. And if you, if you haven't read Jeff's column, you should check it out. Uh, you know, when you're on your mobile phone and you're dipping in a best ball or something, you know, it's like the toilet draft where I'm locking myself in and telling the family I need some time, got a tummy ache, or uh, the drunk draft where, you know, you had a little more than a six-pack or something and you, you, know, you wake up and, you know, you have six quarterbacks on your best ball team, stuff like that. So uh, a good read over there from Jeff Edelstein. But the NFL draft, fellas, I mean, a lot of people were kind of crapping on this draft class, saying the talent was down and and this and that. Um, there's a lot of pros in this draft, and – it was nothing short of super exciting. And, uh, you know, we could talk about surprises and I was one of the most shocked, uh, after, uh, after a broke of the AJ Brown trade. So, uh, an emotional roller coaster for yours truly here as a Titans fan, but listen, uh, that was just the beginning of plenty of trades, but AJ Brown is an Eagle. And uh, how shocked were you, Chief? Tell, tell me about that. When you saw that news break, did you expect anything like that to happen? No, I didn't. I mean, you know, when you've got, I guess what we could we would consider one of the better young receivers in his prime, nobody expects him to get sent out the door, right? Like, maybe you expect a Baker Mayfield to get traded. Uh, maybe you expect uh, a Daniel Jones to get traded. Maybe you expect, uh, let's see, well, um, Drew Locke is already traded. But I'm saying maybe you expect one of those guys to go out the door. You don't expect your what I consider your franchise wide receiver to get sent packing. I mean, I think it just caught us all by surprise. And uh, we're, we're going to see how it pans out for both sides. What it, what it did say to me, though, is Jalen Hurts better get it right this season. Yep. Or he's gone. If he doesn't get it right this year, there's no way he stays in Philly. I can tell you that right now. I don't live in Philly, but I the expectations are high when you bring in A.J. Brown and pair him with uh, Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. They want to win this division. They went out and got a weapon. And Jalen Hurts, not the coach, Jalen Hurts is on the hot seat right now. Like, it started now. Training camp. The news, whatever you can think of, if he doesn't get it right, he's gone, period. Yeah, beer. I'm like 90 minutes from Philly, so and I'm the Titans fan here in Eagles Nation, so my phone, my phone was blowing up. <laughs> I poured out a shot or two. I was like, what is happening? Were the Eagles winners here? Or, like, like how, what's the ceiling for Philly now? What are your thoughts on that deal? Yeah, I think they are winners. I mean, you look at the price they paid, and at first you're like, that's it? That That's what you gave up for A.J. Brown? And I – there was probably a lot of GMs around the league with the same thought, like that's all it costs to get one of the best receivers in all of football. So I know they're high on trailing Burks. I'm sure we're going to talk about him tonight, but to just slot him in like, okay, we don't want to pay AJ Brown. Now we're throwing it to Burks, Robert Woods, and not much else here. So I think obviously a huge hit. If you're a Titan fan, yeah. you know that it sucks. The guy is, you know, arguably a top, three top five receiver at worst in the league. As far as for him, I think it's going to be a little bit of a step down as far as our fantasy expectations for him in Tennessee, both teams, very run heavy Tennessee. 
he was really the only show in town. You know, you, you had minor appearances by a guy here and there. Corey Davis had a few weeks when he was there. You know, Julio Jones comes in. He doesn't do much of anything. Now you go to Philly and Chief mentioned Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I mean, it, it's a loaded up offense. So I agree completely with the sentiments on Jalen Hurts. Like, here you go. Here is all the weaponry that you need. You're either legit and our guy, or we're moving on. We're looking for somebody else next year. But for A.J. Brown, honestly, probably a lateral move. You know, I move him down a little bit in my rankings. I'm not going to give him a, a huge drop. Like, I see a lot of people kind of panicking out there. So, but shocked, to say the least. But, guys, it's kind of been the season. I mean, Devontae Adams gets traded. Tyreek Hill gets traded. So, in a normal season, this is probably the highlighted trade. This is the, the biggest trade we've seen. This year, it just falls in line with some of these other receiver trades that have been going on. So crazy, crazy uh, goings on there in the NFL draft, for sure. Let me piggyback that one, because the more we talk about it now, and I didn't even think about this before the pod, if you're going to make that trade, like, isn't this the year to make it when there aren't any elite quarterbacks in the draft? Like, if... If you were going to draft a quarterback, if you were thinking you were going to move on, unless you're getting Russell Wilson, like this was the year for to get one of the carousel quarterbacks. Unless you're going to get Russ or try to pry Aaron Rodgers away from from Green Bay or go get one of the top tier quarterbacks, there was no reason for them to go out and get a quarterback that was going to be equal or less than Jalen Hurts in the draft. Might as well go ahead and shore up your wide receiver room. The more I think about this, this is a good call for Philly because the quarterbacks Absolutely. are going to be better next year. Like this is when you do it and they won't have to pay their quarterback nearly as much money as they would have to pay Jalen Hurts in two seasons when they have to either put him on the franchise or renegotiate his contract for more money. The great call, the more I think about it, Philly made a huge deal at the right time. And I didn't even think about that until beer started talking for sure. For the circumstances I fought there's a million sources to get news on your favorite team. I follow like five beat writers for Titans football that like I actually trust. And I think they have the scoop and they're not super biased or anything. And the more I read and as, as news broke, it, it sounded like AJ Brown wanted out at first. I thought, no way. Like I, I didn't understand because I, I have the utmost confidence in John Robinson, Titans general manager. He's done a great job. Um, with that team. I mean, we saw that defense, you know, against the Bengals. I mean, he's really put a lot of pieces together here and outside of a catastrophic uh, Ryan Tannehill collapse, uh, who knows what the ceiling would have been uh, for them as the season moved on. But um, leading into this week, it, it pretty much came out that AJ Brown wanted a ridiculous upper end of $80 million guaranteed from Tennessee. And then immediately was like, well, I want to trade that. I don't know how much of that was his agent and how much of that was him, uh, but I feel like it was pretty mutual between the two. And he's super good friends with Jalen Hurts. He wanted to get paid. And, uh, you know, if you're Tennessee, you can't pay the guy $80 million. What are you going to do 24 hours before the draft? John Robinson is like, well, I need to get a damn return on this guy because if he sits out the whole year and walks, we get no assets and I'm looking like a jerk. So what does he do? He moves up to 18 to get A.J. Brown's replacement and – I don't expect Traylon Burks to be a superstar, but if there's anybody that's like a spitting image of A.J. Brown, it might be him in this draft. So uh, the fact that they had to make this decision, um, you know, within 24 hours where A.J. Brown, his agent said like, well, we want out and, and they would have sat out this year. I, 
It, it is what it is. They had to part ways, and uh, Traylon Burks is uh, is the new guy there in Tennessee. And, and who knows? I mean, I think he has some upside as a rookie and a play-action offense where with, with Derrick Henry, and uh, you got to respect the run. I mean, it's like playing catch with when, when you're running slant routes over the middle. So I think Burks could have some success here. So all things considered, it, it did sound like A.J. Brown did not want to return. He wanted the money. Uh, he's out here deleting tweets already. He's a big tweet deleter. I hope Philly is easy on him. I'm like getting some Ben Simmons vibes with like his social media. Oh, I, I, I hope like, you know, it's not Tennessee when you're in Nashville, you know, the fans are just happy to have a talented wide receiver on the team because the last one was Derek Mason. So you get, you get down to Philly nation where the bar is always high and, and we'll see, but I agree with you. I think it's like a lateral fantasy move. We, you know, like, don't be shocked if he's not going to get that hundred target mark this year from Jalen hurts. I, I don't think, but um I think Dallas Goddard might be the winner there in Philly. I mean, he's going to have a lot of room over the middle there with Smith and Brown on both sides. So uh, I think, you know, all things considered, Tennessee got a return for him. They ended up uh, picking up a third round pick, which they did not have. And they landed Malik Willis in the third round. We'll get, we'll get the quarterbacks uh, moving forward there. Any other surprises in the first round beer? Um, You know, let me know your thoughts here. Did you expect Trayvon Walker to go one over Hutchinson? I did. Well, it started gaining steam in the betting markets, and that's usually a good indicator. Uh, you know, th- these people got a lot of money on the line. So, uh, you know, as we got closer, the odds started going. You know, it started at minus 150. Then it was minus 300. That thing got up to minus 450. So at some point, it's like, okay, that, that is a huge number with that much money on the line. Somebody knows something. So was a little bit of a surprise. You know, he was, he was a guy that you heard the whispers, very athletic, kind of raw. You look at the tape, wasn't as productive as maybe you liked, but, you know, the battle between the GM, Balky, the owner, you know, that's what it sounded like it came down to. You know, Balky really wanted this guy. Owner kind of wanted Aiden Hutchinson. Well, they kept Balky around. I guess you got to make him happy getting him his guy. So it, it'll it'll take some time to see, you know, did, did they make the right play? Was it the right selection uh, up top? So not, not surprised, again, just with all the betting that's now on the NFL draft and, what a fun event to bet on, guys. I mean, there's there's not much better uh, things to bet on right now uh, than getting in early on the NFL draft. You know, just taking some stands on guys and guys you don't believe in. Uh, Nicobe Dean was one. I was like, this guy is not a first-round pick. All these books have him priced as, you know, 30, 31 as a draft spot and lots of red flags with that guy, and he ends up sliding. So just opportunities like that, but was not surprised. Uh, with Walker, we'll see if he was the right pick or not. And then uh, real quick with A.J. Brown, didn't sound like he wanted to be there. You know, he played the, the, you know, the delete game, like you said, and I'm removing this from my Twitter. That's like that's like the big power move right now. You know, Kyler Murray, A.J. Brown, I'm going to remove you from my Twitter. Debo Samuel, who has San Francisco back in his Twitter now, but uh, that didn't sound like they wanted to pay him either. And, and Philly, s- snap call, like, yep, we're paying you, guaranteed. We're locking you in. So, Sometimes it's the money. Tennessee is a whole nother, you know, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into the Ryan Tannehill quotes and, you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to groom this guy. And, you know, you got, you got a mess there on your hands, Luch. I mean, Derek, <laughs> Derek Henry got to get about 900 carries this year. It, it might be a rough year there in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. He's not getting any younger either. No, we'll see. But uh, a lot of, a lot of media around the Titans, which I'm not used to, but yeah, the AJ Brown situation, whatever, you know, it, it's, it happened. It's in the past. You know, he, he's a big tweet deleter, though. Like, he deleted tweets today. Like, I see them. Like, why are you deleting tweets on 
on a Thursday, like it's Cinco de Mayo, go have fun. But uh, he deleted a tweet that said it wasn't my fault, Tennessee, um, the day of the trade. So that was up for about 90 seconds. The, the Titans Twitter, they're like savages. They'll screenshot anything. So I, I don't know what the deal is. He seemed awfully happy getting the bag on the FaceTime with Jalen Hurts. So uh, whatever. I mean, hey, he was a great Titan, uh, yak monster. And uh, I'm just hoping Traylon Burks can, uh, you know, evolve into something close to to what AJ Brown is. But if you're Tennessee also like the money's off the books, you got to extend Jeffrey Simmons at some point, keep that defense together. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Chief, anything else on the AJ Brown garbage and uh, <laughs> any surprises on your end in the first round? No, I mean, I think I'm good with Brown, man. I, I've been enlightened here today uh, by, by all of these wonderful comments. Um, I, I think this is just kind of an aside Ohio State just keeps cranking out wide receivers, like every year. And I think that's a big deal to me um, because it it just kind of gets me excited about watching a little bit more college football, kind of see, you know, who's the next guy that uh, that, that's coming out of there. And they've still got 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 one guy left. But I mean, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave going back to back, uh, you know, Jets, uh, Saints, I thought that was another big deal. I mean, you look at, he's there with this, with a guy by the name of Michael Thomas. It's just Ohio state is becoming wide receiver. You right before our eyes. And I just want to see, going to see what they're going to do uh, with the rest of these, these guys in their wide receiver room as the, the rest of the season kind of develops. But I thought that was kind of a, a big deal. I mean, when you look over the landscape and these guys are number ones, they're not like down the totem pole. Like Michael Thomas is a number one. Um, Geez, what's uh, what's the guy in Washington? Geez, his name is eluding me now. Oh, uh, Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. He's a number one. Like these, these guys are big time, big time wideouts. Now, um, you know some of their secondary guys like uh, Paris Campbell and, and with the Colts, he's kind of maybe like a number three. But even still, like these guys are playing meaningful time, meaningful uh, snaps in the NFL. Just keep that on your radar because they got another guy coming out of there in another year or two. That's probably going to be on this list. So, uh, wide receiver U is out, out there at OSU for sure. Chief, he's the best one of the group. I'm just going to tell you, Smith and Jigba is better than both yeah. of these two, in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah. he's going to be an absolute monster this year for OSU and uh, maybe one of the top picks in the draft next year. I, I would be willing to put some money on that now. That guy's a stud. Beer, that might be one for us to try to dig up yep. and see if we can get ahead of it. Because if they got him anywhere, I don't think they'll have him outside of the top 10. If they got him anywhere outside of the top 10 right now, like that's a future I'd get in on for sure. Back-to-back Ohio State receivers at 10 and 11. Uh, Pennsylvania, you know, uh, grew up here, raised here, born in New York actually, grew up here. Uh, strange gambling state. Like I can play DFS. I have sportsbook access. I don't have prize picks. I have underdog fantasy, but I can't play their prop game. I can't, <laughs> I can't bet on draft props here. So maybe next draft, I might have to take a drive. Uh, if you guys got a spare room or something like that, maybe uh, I could crash for the night. And Always, always welcome props. here, brother. Michigan, anything goes in Michigan. You bet on whatever the hell you want. So come on down. Come on up. Just a weird, just weird. I can't play college fantasy sports. They're just bizarre. So uh, I have access. Uh, I'm grateful to have all the sportsbook access, but uh, couldn't couldn't do the prop game, and that was a lot of fun. Um, it seemed like for you guys. Uh, okay, who were some of these winners? You know, um, who who? I mean, listen, the Jets had a lot of picks. 
it's really hard to screw up a draft when you have a lot of picks, but like, I like what they did. Uh, Chief, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, give me a, one, a big winner from the NFL draft. Well, uh, this is something we, we kind of talked about offline a little bit. I actually think the winner are all these teams that took quarterbacks in the third round. And I, I mean, I sat back and looked at this draft and of course, you know, we, we felt like the quarterback position wasn't as strong as usual. Um, but maybe teams are getting smarter. Maybe they realize, Hey, we don't need to draft Baker Mayfield in the first round. And if you draft him, good luck. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to fail because they drafted Kenny Pickett in the first round. I don't, I don't believe that. I think Pickett will be a pro, but this third round quarterback uh, class, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and then we got Matt Coral coming over to Carolina. I thought this was extremely good value for teams that needed quarterbacks. I felt like they couldn't couldn't have set themselves up any better for success with the value they got on these picks. I I think these third-round quarterbacks are the winners, especially, especially uh, Ritter and Matt Coral. Like, they're going to play. There's no way Desmond Ritter doesn't get in this game over Mariota. I just don't see it. Now, maybe they hold Malik Willis back a little bit, uh, and if Tannehill struggles, then maybe he starts to hear – the cowbells but these other two I think they're going to get a chance to play now and looking at how these teams drafted in the first round right so you get Desmond Ritter in the third round but then they get him a really good wide receiver in round one and then Carolina drafts a lineman in line in round one uh and then even even Tennessee they draft a receiver in round one I think they've tried to help these guys be set for success right out of the gate whether they start day one or by the sixth or seventh game, I like what those three teams did at quarterback. I think they got really good value. Yeah, Beer, is there downside at taking those quarterbacks in round three? I mean, it's a third-round pick, uh, a much cheaper contract than for, say, Kenny Pickett. I think about like a $9 million difference or something like that between rounds one and round three. Um, So, yeah, go go tell me about whatever you want, but I'm curious your take on Kenny Pickett in round one to Pittsburgh and then you know, these other, this like uh, this other crop of quote unquote tier one 2022 prospects that slid so far. Yeah, I don't hate taking a shot on them. I mean, the, the history suggests none of these guys are going to work out. I mean, y- y- you can always pull the, the Tom Brady card and, and, you know, a couple other examples, Russell Wilson. But generally, if you're not a first round quarterback, you're likely not going to stick around in the league very often. But these are all situations that the chief brought up where, they're still looking for a guy. So why not you know, bring this guy in? If anything, it's camp competition. Somebody can groom a little bit. So I don't hate those plays on some of those guys. Corral, uh, who are some of the other mid-round guys? So Washington took, uh, who, who did they grab? Uh, Sam Howell. Yep, Sam Howell. I don't mind that at all. So taking shots deep on some of these guys. You know, Malik Willis obviously fell a lot later than we did. The one I really liked, guys, was Desmond Ritter to Atlanta. I mean, Marcus Mariota, sure. I, I think he should get an opportunity. Can he be a starting quarterback in this league? That is obviously still up for debate. I, I'm still a fan. I do think he can be, uh, you know, a low end starting quarterback for you. So, but to take Desmond Ritter there, a guy who's kind of gaining steam uh, in that draft process, I, I don't hate that whatsoever. Seems like a pro's pro. Guy's got a cannon for an arm. Who the hell he's going to throw to? I don't know, but. Uh, I don't hate that pick at all, but as far as winners, it, it's easy. Again, you, you mentioned the jets and just bringing in 
impact guy after impact guy. I mean, you bring in Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, you add him now to Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. So you're surrounding your number two pick from last season with some weapons. You add Brees Hall in the second round, the best running back in the draft. You jump in and grab Jermaine Johnson, a guy that was gaining a lot of steam in the draft process. I mean, we're seeing him possibly as high as number two overall to Detroit. So he slides, they jump in and grab him. So, you know, you grab four of the best players in the draft. Like you said, it's, it's not hard to mess that up, but how many times, Luch, have we seen teams with all of these picks and they just miss and whiff, you know, and end up one guy maybe out of your four picks. But the team I really was impressed with, and somehow every year they just sit back, the Baltimore Ravens, and stuff just lands in their lap. Everyone's making all these moves. They just sit there. Oh, sure, Kyle Hamilton, we'll take him. Sure, Tyler Lindemann, we'll, we'll take him. You know, David Ojabo, yeah, we'll let you sit for a year, add you to our defense next year when you're healthy. So, Ozzy Newsom and Cup, that, that team just continues to dominate the draft, do it the right way, not make all these crazy moves, just sit back. And these professional players, when you look at this draft class, these are guys that could come in right away and they scream Baltimore Raven. They just, they, they just fit with what they do. I think they knocked it out of the park this year. And you're right, Beer, because I told you guys, I've got my PFF grades up. And you're absolutely right. They gave him an A+. Plus, and they didn't have to do anything. They just no. literally let everybody keep doing their thing, and they just pick and, pick and choose whoever they want, and they just keep building this team. Incredible draft by them for sure. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, we're sitting there watching it, and it's like, wow, they're sitting here with all these options on the clock, didn't have to do anything. Of course they're taking Kyle Hamilton here. Of course, they're taking Lindenbaum, adding him to the line. So, yeah, just, just, just an incredible. I mean, they're one of the best every year. They, they just seem to knock it out of the park. That's why they're in the playoff hunt and the Super Bowl chase every single year. Now, the trade of Hollywood Brown, I, I'm sure we're going to get into that. <laughs> what well, was a little crazy? I mean, now, now you look around at, at their weaponry, and Mark Andrews may have to see 200 targets uh, in that offense, but. You know, him reunited with Kyler Murray down there. And then we get to DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins news. Ooh. Like, okay, now this makes a little bit of sense on why they made a move. But just so many dominoes in place. So it was a crazy night. Baltimore is going to be the new Eagles. It's basically going to be Charlie Kohler and Mark Andrews catching everything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but, but they have a defense. Like, they have, line, they have linebackers. I mean – how unlucky did Baltimore get? And they like unlucky, unhealthy. I mean, they couldn't even get out of training camp. They're having friendly fire. The guys taking each other out, you know, half their secondary was in shambles before September 10th when the NFL started. So it, it stinks for Lamar because he doesn't strike you as a guy that you want to take weapons away from. And, um, you know, as much as, you know, Marquise Brown dropped some balls here or there, I mean, he stretched the defense and was their guy on the outside. So, you know, you think Mark Andrews is going to ca- have 200 targets. That might be all of, like, Lamar's pass attempts for a year. So may- maybe they're not done. Maybe they add a veteran. There's still a couple of receivers in free agency that are going to be uh, cheaper as the calendar, like, as we keep moving forward here in the calendar year. So uh, I was, was going to add that, that I, I'm not sure if the Titans are done. I mean, John Robinson wants to bridge the gap. Tannehill's contract's up. He had a bad regular season because Julio and Henry and like everyone was hurt. They still won 12 games with that defense. And of course, Henry missed like half the year. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be this down on Tennessee. I mean, they play in a very winnable division other than the Colts, no offense to the other two franchises in the AFC South. 
That's a very friendly division to maybe get in the playoffs, get hot. And once you get in the dance with Derrick Henry, like anything could happen. So I don't think it's a total wash, but you know, there's guys out there uh, like you know, a prove it deal for Will Fuller. Why not? I mean, who knows where Beckham's going to land? I don't know how healthy he is. You know, Keelan Cole, there are some serviceable guys out there at wide receiver. Jarvis Landry doesn't have a home. I mean, so I, I think a team like the Titans are probably still in the market to look for a cheaper deal. I think Baltimore is going to be a player, I think, here too as well, because, I mean, God, how good is the AFC North now in the National Football League? Insanity. So I agree. The Ravens smashed the draft. They must have really liked all these guys they got in the fourth round because they didn't parlay any of it to move up at all. They had, what, six fourth-round picks, I think? Yeah. Um, and they kept all of them. So they must have been very confident in, in their scouting and their research, and I think they, did, they had a great draft as well. Talk to me about your Green Bay Packers because I want to know what's going through your head. They clearly had a game plan. They clearly had a feel for this draft. I did hear rumblings that they wanted to that, – that Traylon Burks might have been their guy, but the A.J. Brown thing happened – which I feel good about in a sense because there's no way that Traylon Burks would have lasted to Tennessee's original pick at 26. With the way the receivers were going off the board, then, Jah- then Jahan Dotson goes to the commanders, who I love, by the way. I love Dotson. Uh, it, it, like, it's a weird, it's a weird, like, in hindsight thing. The trade happened for Tennessee, but there's no way they would have got Burks, who was kind of the closest thing to A.J. Brown in the draft. Um, I'm not saying in terms of talent, in terms of physicality and what he does. So – Green Bay goes, what, defense, defense? Are you thinking, oh, shit, here we go again. Um, but they get their guy, Christian Watson, and, you know, with those defensive picks and landing Watson, who I like, I don't know what your feelings are about him. I, I, I was like, wow, Green Bay knew what they were doing, and they nailed it. That was my opinion. Yeah, I think they were a little bit on their heels with, with all those receivers going so early. You know, it, it's like being in a fantasy draft. We've all done it, you know, and there's a run on a position and you're like, Oh shit, I, I gotta, I gotta figure out an audible here. I gotta do something else here. So I like that. They didn't reach at that point. You know, the top six receivers were all gone. Then you started getting into the, this, this group of Watson sky Moore, things like that. The guys that probably weren't first round picks. So I liked them grabbing Quay Walker. I liked the Devonte Wyatt pick. I mean, at solidifying that defense, my issue, I like Christian Watson. Here's the, the issue with it. We know he's raw. I mean, the, the skill set is there. You know, big, athletic, strong kid. But I don't think he's going to instantly come in and make an impact. And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, how many years does this guy have left? I mean, I, I give him two, maybe three years of elite-level play left. How long is it going to take Christian Watson to develop? Because I don't think it's going to happen in year one. We also know Rodgers can be stubborn as a damn mule, if a guy is dropping the ball, I'm just not going to throw to him. Watson had some, some struggles with drops in college. So this just doesn't seem like the, the pairing that you thought it would be. If they think he's going to step in and he can provide similar skills to Devontae Adams. I'm not saying he's going to be Devontae Adams, but you know some of those bubble screens, things like that, that they love to use Adams on. I think Watson fits in that case, but I don't know how quickly he'll be able to acclimate uh, to this offense. So you mentioned some of the teams that will be in, in, active in the free agent market. You got to think Green Bay is looking at Beckham, looking at Landry, looking at Will Fuller, all the names that you mentioned doing their homework here where Watson's not instantly thrown into the fire. I still think you have a little buffer with a guy like Alan Lazard, who Rogers seems to trust. You know, you brought in Sammy Watkins. We'll see if he's able to give you anything where maybe Watson can be your three, four, see how quickly he develops next year he comes in as your one or two, but I didn't hate the pick. 
I just don't know how well it fits with Aaron Rodgers. I actually like uh, Romeo Dubs, who they got later in the draft. I think that's a guy uh, that's a little bit more pro-ready. And Watson, obviously, bigger ceiling, a guy that you know has the potential to be a star, but uh, Dubs could come in right away and contribute in year one. Let me just take the gloves off because I have Beer Makers fan and I have Cheeks Justice on the show. And I would say back in November... We had a really good food for thought episode and, you know, we go off the rails and we love having fun debates. There's somebody on this show. There's somebody on this show and Chief knows exactly where I'm going with this. That labeled Aaron Rodgers as the greatest game manager of all time. Oh, and boy. I just want to hear, oh, you know, this is a family show beer, so we got to keep it PG. Absolutely. But, but let, let me get into this here. Let me get in this place. Listen, guys. <laughs> listen here, here's my argument. I'm standing by this. Beer's my boy. He knows this. But Aaron Rodgers has got to get it done. How, how many passes are we going to give Aaron Rodgers every year when we say, hey, he doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. This, that, and the third. I'm tired of hearing that. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest talent of our generation. Okay, get me the championships, right? Like, we're, we're in this NFL business to win championships. It doesn't count if you get to the playoffs every year and you can't seal the deal. I don't care if you drew up a play in the dirt and beat the Dallas Cowboys. You, di- you didn't win the championship. Right. And so if, if we're going to and, and, and the problem is the, the measure in our generation is Tom Brady. And I, I know that's the bigger issue. We're measuring championships against Tom Brady. And we're saying, OK, if you're going to be labeled or, or have this level of greatness, you've got to start winning championships. And I feel like his whole career has been winning, but no championships. If that's the case, I mean, is he is he better than Drew Brees? Is is he better than Big Ben? Is he like is he is he more is he really more talented than these guys? Because his career at some point, while Tom Brady has been a Superman, his career is going to have to end up on the decline at some point, and the winning is going to stop or it's going to decline with his ability to contribute to those wins. Get me the championships, I'll change my stance. Right now, he's the greatest most talented game manager in the history of the NFL just because I feel like he's overhyped. Okay, win an MVP. No problem. Where's the championship? I finally he's got get, one. I finally get beer on a show and you're going to piss him off, man. But uh, he waited so patiently. <laughs> he waited so patiently for his rebuttal here, so I want to hear it. He had Mike hey, McCarthy his whole career. I will say that, so that kind of No, stuff. see, that, that, that's, what I, that's another pass. He's had, you see? Let we him keep, talk. We, Let him we talk. make excuses for Rodgers we might as well just hey Baker Mayfield's great too he he, he had Freddie Kitchens for for part of his career he he had uh he had Hugh Jackson he's, he's had everybody I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear Mike McCarthy is Mike McCarthy terrible yes I will agree but he didn't listen to Mike McCarthy anyway I don't want to hear it all right beer my bad I'm, no, I'm chief, I'm you. hey you're on a roll brother you I respect the hell out of you you tell it like it is so as much as Luch would love a boxing knockout drag out fight here, Chief, I'm actually with you. Now I'm gonna take I'm gonna take issue with the game manager part because the, the guy is obviously elite, like you said, one of the, the extreme talents that we have in this league. But trust me, as a Green Bay Packer fan, and some teams, some fans don't want to hear this. You know, I live in Michigan, so 
I try to say this to any of my buddies that are Lions fans. I get the F you. I don't want to hear it. But 30 years of quarterbacking, Chief. We can go back to Brett Favre. Two Super Bowls? My whole life has been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. You would think to show for that, I got more than two Super Bowls. And again, if you're a fan of a team that doesn't have any, I'm just looking at this, you know, as a fan that we should have way more. So I agree with you. And I don't like the excuses. If you are that good, it shouldn't matter. Mike McCarthy, it shouldn't matter. We haven't drafted any receivers. None of that should come into play at all. Make it happen with what you have. You're so good. Make it happen with Alan Lazard. Make it happen with you beg for Randall Cobb back. Got to have Randall Cobb. Want Randall Cobb. Here's your guy. Make it happen. So I, I'm with you. Again, game manager's a bit strong, Chief, but should should have more on the on the resume. You know, multiple Super Bowls, losing at home as well. I mean, how many times are they the number one seed? Ball out in the playoffs. Ball out in the playoffs. Like, okay, you get beat by Brady. That's fine. But, you know, some of these teams, you get beat by Eli Manning. You know, Michael Vick comes in oh, to Lambeau God. Field and that ends, Vick ends, was, uh, ends in mystique. Oh. I mean, we were undefeated in the playoffs at oh, home, and Michael Vick. Vick just comes in and, you know, takes a dump on Lambeau Field and says, yeah, forget your mystique. So I'm with you. It, it's definitely – it's been a great run. It's been fun to watch him and Favre. I can go all the way back to 1991, whenever Favre started. Hell of a run. Guys are fun to watch. Rodgers incredible. Maybe the best regular season quarterback we've seen – but you have to get it done in the playoffs, Chief. I agree a thousand percent. We can look at the NBA. Charles Barkley, you were great. Did you get it done? No. So you're not one of the all-time greats. Patrick Ewing, fantastic. Did you get it done? No. Back to football. Dan Marino, you're incredible. Records everywhere. You didn't win me a title. So that's the way it is. That It's just facts. Brady, Montana, these are the guys that are going to go down as the best because they got it done when they needed to get it done. And, and, and let me just say, too, even Elway, as as bad as we think he is as a GM, I mean, listen, he's got champ, he's got multiple championships. Yep. Peyton Manning on his last leg in Denver. Yes, the defense helped him win, and it's the truth. Those are facts. Just don't say me. Eli. Don't say Eli Manning, Chief, because then he's I might not, have to. Not, then I might Eli's, have to leave the pod here. Eli's not talented. Eli's not on the. He's not on the same talent wavelength. So I'm I'm not worried about Eli. But I'm saying the all-time great quarterbacks, they, they got it done. And, and I think, you know, it's it's really the reason why I always have this rebuttal is because Aaron Rodgers has a certain cachet, not only in the media, but in the NFL. Like, this guy wins MVPs. It's not like he's so, – it's not like he's just, you know, has 25 touchdowns and they win and he's just – no, this guy's legit good. But he can't finish. And I'm like, yo, I want him to finish because I think he – he should have at least three titles, like at least three. Uh, agreed. So how at many? Least. How many does he have to win for you? Like, if he wins one more, does your argument change? Does he have to win two more? Like, where's that level for you? I think if he two is still disappointing, but at least it's not. Ah, you only won one. You, you got that multiples. I I don't have to listen to Eli Manning has more titles than Aaron Rodgers. So right. what is one more enough for you, Chief? I I think one more is enough given where he is in his career now. Like, I, I think he should have had at least two over a decade. Agreed. At least. Agreed at least two over a decade. Now we're, now we're hitting, like, the second half of his career. Is Aaron – how many – is he 18 years in on 19? Where, where is he at? He's up there. I think he was uh, 2005, so 
we're talking 17, 18 years. See, so that's what I'm saying. Like the front half of his, his decade, he's got one. The back half, you got to get at least one. Like you, you have to, if you're going to, in my opinion, if you're going to be considered like one of the best talent, absolutely. He's, he's got to get the championships. He, he's got to get it done. And I don't know this answer. What's his record in NFC championship games? Because it can't be great. They, they've made it to that game a ton and they never seem to advance to the Super Bowl. I don't know the answer to that either. Well, uh, Luce, Luce usually has those stats on tap. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find it here. I'll, I'll yeah. look it up here. A little, little crack research here. That, that was uh... – a pretty terrible Saturday in January for both of us to be right. I was at the, the Titans game and I didn't even sit my ass in the seats before Tannehill threw that first pick on the first play of the game. Um, so then we're in Nashville, we're in Broadway, we're boozing. I mean, I'm on the sauce, man. So we, uh, you know, broken heart. We go out of downtown. I go to the suburbs um, outside of Nashville. We go to grab some dinner, you know, didn't exactly sober up. I'm like, you know what? Like, this was a terrible day. Let's get let's get the beers flowing still. I look up at the screen, and I'm looking at Lambeau, and I'm like, did the 49ers just beat the Packers? I, yeah. Between both of those games, I thought I was in some other dimension. I, I, I'm, I still am shocked. Like, I think I'm more shocked that – I don't mean, like, poor salt and open wound. I'm more shocked that the Packers lost that game, I think. I'm so used to Tennessee choking that I, I that was like – that was a hell of a day in uh, in sports and pretty bad for both of us as fans. Yeah, that was an awful day. So it looks like he's one in five in NFC championships. He's I lost mean, he's lost four of them three times in overtime. Oh, five, five times he lost on the final play of the game. I mean, can you just script it any worse for him, though? And I mean, that is brutal. That's I mean, thought, yeah, that is legacy def- altering like any of those. Any of those, like, the variance and things that could happen at the end of a game and in overtime, that's remarkable. Insane. Almost and as, as a fan, that. I've kind of blocked all that out. So to reopen all these wounds, like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. I actually went down to the one uh, when he was in Atlanta. You know, went down with, with my pops and, and my boy went down to the game, and they just got trucked, guys. It, it was just right away. The whole stadium's going nuts. Like, it just just – he's got to get it done in these games. So, again – would love that. Would love to battle the chief on this, but he, he's on to something here, and Rogers got to get it done. We'll see how many years he's got left. Again, I'd say two to three max. So the clock is definitely ticking here on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and you know, if you tuned into this podcast at any point throughout the last year, you would hear the chief say, "This is a safe space. Let it all out." So Absolutely. We do quite a bit of venting on here. We're like your your therapists here. Uh, all right, chief. Uh, I know we're on a bit of a time crunch here. So, like, fantasy relevance, you know, let's tie this in a little bit. We talked a little bit about a guy like Sky Moore, you know, um, a pick that kind of confused me, and I'm curious to hear uh, your takes. I guess more so I want to see what direction the franchise takes maybe before the season starts is uh, Kenneth Walker, who I love, going to Seattle. I know Chris Carson's hurt all the time, but he's still under contract. Rashard Penny had a great second half. I mean, finally, uh, behind a terrible offensive line, too, Rashard Penny was, you know, winning GPPs um, for a couple of weeks. So I get it. Uh, It's a big running back by committee league. But I also caught some Pete Carroll quotes today, guys, when asked about DK Metcalf's contract. He said, we'll figure it out. 
And that's not exactly what I want to hear, especially when his pal from Ole Miss, A.J. Brown, just forced his way out of Tennessee and got the bag. The, the defense is in shambles. Obviously, Drew Locke is your quarterback, and I'm, I'm like, trying to be diplomatic here. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if there were some, some bigger moves coming out of Seattle. And with all due respect, they got to move on from Pete Carroll, too. So that was a surprising uh, pick for me. But if they do make some changes and Kenneth Walker's their guy for the future and they just want to run the crap out of the ball, then then that's fine. Um, I don't know. You got any take on what the hell Seattle's going to do, if anything, before training camp starts? Or, um, who are you eyeing up? No matter up what they do, they're losing this season. I, I can mean, tell it, you that right it, now. It, it, it's a shame for Lockett and Metcalf because, you know, beer, uh, pretty, you know, every week it's like, oh, Seattle's in a good spot. Are you going to play Lockett or Metcalf? And you usually, I usually pick wrong. Um, this year, it might be pick none of them. So uh, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Seahawks? I guess I just want to see where this team goes. Yeah, I'm kind of with Chief here. It's going to be ugly. I mean, Drew Locke is not the answer ever. So I, I don't know what they're doing there. Geno Smith is the backup. We, we saw him have, you know, one solid game. And then you saw the real Geno Smith come back to life here. You know, are they going to be in on Baker Mayfield? I don't think that's going to help you much. Honestly, guys, I'm, I'm not huge on, on Baker Mayfield either. So this is going to be a huge fantasy loss for Metcalf and Lockett. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Green Bay has been sniffing around there. Maybe you see some trades with these guys. The Walker pick, I, I get it because they want to establish it. We know they want to run the ball. But as far as, a, as looking at him from a dynasty lens, really not happy with that landing spot here. I mean, they're not going to be good. We don't know what that running back rotation is going to look like. So would have loved to see him land in a spot where we know he's going to be guaranteed some touches here. Maybe he takes that job in Seattle, but how valuable is a guy on a bad team running the ball in fantasy? I mean, it, you, you want them on a winning team, Seattle, it's going to be a while before they're a winning team. So really knocked him down uh, my rankings. You know, he's still you know top eight pick in, in rookie drafts, but uh, he certainly took a hit here again, a, a running back that is he going to get passing game work? Is that going to go to somebody else? But on a three, four win team with Drew Locke as my quarterback, I'm probably staying away from Kenneth Walker for this season. Is there anybody for either of you that uh, I don't want to say jumps off the page, but will be fantasy relevant, maybe gaining some momentum come August in your home leagues or your high stakes stuff here. Uh, you know, typically it's a running back or a receiver, you know, um, some pretty good tight ends later in this draft, though. Uh, but we often see more of a, a, cur- a learning curve uh, for tight ends that, that come on in. That, you know, it took Kyle Pitts a couple of weeks to get some steam and looking forward to seeing his ceiling in the future for sure. It's like the only weapon um, that Mr. Desmond Ritter and, and Mariota will have this season. So could be a good fantasy season for Pitts. But, I mean, uh, you know, what was Jahan Dotson going to bring to the table when he's has a target tree with McLaurin and, you know, if Logan Thomas is healthy and, you know, Carson Wentz throwing him the football, a lot of tough fits here. Is there a guy that you maybe like the most beer out of any of these skill guys for fantasy? Uh, I'm going to go down the list. I mean, it's easy to talk about, you know, Drake London stepping in as, as the number one in Atlanta, Garrett Wilson, Burks. I mean, you're going to hear everybody talk about these guys. So I want to go down the list a little bit. A guy I really like, and we knew he was going to slide in the draft, but that's David Bell from Purdue, you know, landing in Cleveland. Who the hell else are they throwing the ball to in Cleveland? Jarvis Landry is gone. Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, has some potential here. Sure, they have 9,000 tight ends there. They're going to throw to their running back. But you give me David Bell, 
paired up with Deshaun Watson, and we're taking this guy this late in rookie drafts. So if you want a steal in your rookie drafts, to me, it's David Bell. The other guy I'm keeping an eye on here, Luch, is Damian Pierce in Houston. I mean, that, that is a wide-open running back room where this guy kind of underperformed in college a little bit, but I think he can step in here and be that primary back for Houston. They added Mechie as well. I think this offense going to take a step up here. You know, some of the some of the pieces back in place from last season. Obviously, like what they saw out of Davis Mills, who we got to say, guys, I think he surprised us all. You know, is he the guy? Is he not? I don't think anyone could say he didn't outperform any expectations, if any, that he had here. So just later in your drafts, guys to keep an eye on. Again, David Bell, I think, is going to be awesome in Cleveland, kind of steps right in as the new Jarvis Landry. It doesn't cost you anything. And then Damian Pierce could be the day one starter uh, at Houston at the running back position. So two guys I really like uh, in this rookie class. Here, you must have you must have hopped in here pre-show, man. I've been on the David Bell trip. Like, there we, I just there we go, like Chief. There we go, he, baby. He could not have ended up in a better situation. Yep. You, you get a, a a quarterback that's been ostracized all last season. No, he wants to come into Cleveland and prove, hey, listen, I, I I'm the man. I still got it. Wide receiver room is wide open. OBJ's long gone. Landry got. David Bell might have a hundred targets this season. Yep, like I, this is not an exaggeration. And if they use him the way they did in college, he's not going to be down the field anyway. He's going to be like a Michael Thomas possession guy, five yards, eight yards, 12 yards. They're going to hammer him inside. He's a big target. I think David Bell's around six, two, two twenty or something like that. This guy should have as much fantasy production as any of the other top wide receivers. He's just going to get it done. More like Michael Thomas, 10 to 12 targets, eight or nine, 10 catches for 80, 90 yards, 100 yards, and probably a touchdown. And I think this team, their offense is going to have to change. It was catered to Baker Mayfield. Deshaun Watson is going to open this thing up. I, I've been heavy high on David Bell since day one. Please, DraftKings, give us David Bell at 4K week one. That's all I have. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't give him to us at 4K, and I, he's going to be borderline lock button for me in any matchup and I'll let them prove me wrong that they're not going to use him like a number one receiver, wherever they put him over the field. I don't think people remember or realize how much production he got last year with Plummer. Like he got massive production against good teams. The guy plays in the big 10. Yeah. Maybe it's not the sec. Okay. He plays against top talent every week and he issues the business Every week, he doesn't have down weeks. It's going to be incredible with him in Cleveland. I'm probably as high on him as any other receiver in this draft because of the situation. The situation is going to make him really good this year, I think. Yeah, he's going to be PPR gold. You talk about Green Bay, that's the guy I want to chief. Like somehow, some way, oh, let's man. get our hands on David oh. Bell and let him, like, let Randall Cobb wheel away in his wheelchair. Let's stick David Bell in that spot now. Now we're cooking, but uh, to land in Cleveland, like you said, can there be a better landing spot? We, we couldn't draw up a better spot where he literally has a shot to come in and be their top receiver right off the bat with Deshaun Watson. Like you said, has a ton to prove here. I think David Bell going to surprise some people here this season. Yeah. You know, how about, how about a rookie of the year future on David Bell chief? Listen, you're getting me excited. You, oh man. That, that's a good one. If that one comes out, I, I'm Let's, get to, Let's get it. Let's get it. Some money your way. Let's this get is, it. Woo, I love that. 
Yeah, that that uh, that's a good call. I like that. And, and Deshaun Watson, like, listen, you know, we could get in a whole other conversation about what his situation is, and we're not. But for fantasy football purposes solely, like, it's a win for the skill players on that team for fantasy football. Uh, you think of the receivers, think of the tight ends, and as much as, uh, ironically, I'm sitting here as a Titans fan. People talk about the stacked boxes Derrick Henry was facing. I mean, Nick Chubb wasn't getting much help himself there uh, because of Baker Mayfield. So I think it's kind of a win for Chubb in terms of touchdown equity, um, points per drive, and opportunities in the red zone. I mean, that's fine and well at Deshaun Watson's there in Cleveland, but uh, they have a fantastic offensive line. If that ball's inside the five, you know, we know who's getting the ball, Chubb. You know, maybe Kareem Hunt. Uh, of course, they've been splitting a little bit there, but I think it's a, just uh, you know a win for uh, for the for the running backs on the team as well. Um, guys, I I know we uh, have to move on out of here. So, is there anything else we didn't bring up you want to kind of get off your chest? I won't bring up any more Packers game managing <laughs> drama. I promise. Oh, I love the game manager. No, I, I mean, the whole Malik Willis thing was interesting to me. Ryan Tannehill basically oh. saying, you know, not my job to matter this guy. You know, how long is Tannehill going to be in Tennessee? Willis with his draft stock falling that far. I mean, you kind of lose faith. He's a first round pick. Okay, we're feeling good about him. We know he has upside for fantasy. Can he acclimate to the league? I mean, playing at Liberty, obviously there's going to be a huge learning curve here. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. When you listen to the quotes from Tannehill, it's not like he flat out said, I'm not going to help this guy at all. So I think it got taken a little bit out of context, but his fall was interesting. So definitely keeping an eye on him uh, to see if he can be that guy. Cause you know, you, you put an athletic quarterback w- with a Derrick Henry. And now you're cooking here. Traylon Burks, we know work in progress, but does he step in and fill any of those AJ Brown shoes? So a lot of stories uh, in this draft. Jamison Williams, you know, the trade up with, 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 with the Lions. Like, I love the trade up. It was just a little confusing on why Jamison Williams, unless they're planning for next year. Like, we don't need you to rush back. We're kind of, you know, we're sandbagging a little bit. Be in the mix for C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young next year. Okay, now we got a ton of weapons on this offense. So those are a few of the things, guys. I, I could talk drafts for days and days and weeks and weeks. So, uh, well, I guess we got to cut it off somewhere. Maybe we can come back uh, and do another one of these, but uh, guys, an absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. Love the show. Uh, appreciate you having me on. I'm always willing to talk uh, football, sports, life, whatever you guys want. Uh, great, great to be here as always. Absolutely. And Hey, I mean, we could piggyback that real quick. The Malik Willis. I mean, I just hope, you know, if he, if he evolves, he doesn't miss the Derrick Henry window completely. I mean, Henry's 28. Um, of course he's a freak. Uh, you know, uh, we'll see how quickly he can adapt. I agree with you. I don't think it's as bad the learning curve as people are making it out to be. And then the whole Tannehill thing. I mean, Tannehill's focus needs to be getting better and winning football games. I mean, the guy said he's been going to therapy since the Bengals loss. And, like, he's got to focus on himself and leading that team. And he's been a good leader. The locker room likes him. Um, you know, it's not like he's going to totally hold anybody's hand. And Tannehill's playing for his NFL future. I mean, if he doesn't perform, he may never start again outside of maybe like a one-year stopgap for somebody. Before the season, he was fantastic for Tennessee in the regular season, but, you know, he played like a pumpkin in every playoff game he's been in. So, uh, you know, this is it. He has a lot of pressure, and, he, you know, 
despite losing AJ Brown, like you said, they have a phenomenal, phenomenal defense and a winnable division. Um, and they brought in Austin Hooper and Derrick Henry's healthy. And I think the big thing here is um, Tim Kelly coming over from the Houston Texans to uh, be the offensive assistant here. That's the guy who took raw Deshaun Watson. I know Watson was a great prospect, great player, Clemson, but he did wonders with Deshaun Watson and that Texans offense. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Tim Kelly could do here. Not only with Ryan Tannehill, but uh, especially Malik Willis. Um, Chief, any closing thoughts here? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to close this thing out, man. I got a massive hot take, and it's going to be somewhat controversial, so we don't have to sit on it. We'll just let the people stew on it, and maybe we can squeeze another one of these in later. Uh, Miami draft Skylar Thompson in the seventh round. Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. Listen, listen to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a believer in Skylar Thompson, but my hot take is he starts at least a couple games this season. Okay. That that's my hot take. Skylar Thompson starts a couple games this season in a Miami Dolphins uniform. I'm gonna leave it at that. It don't would... get don't get much hotter than that. I mean, it would not <laughs> I mean wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, to to it, it's kind of like the Jalen Hurts thing. Like, okay, here's Tyreek Hill, here's Jalen Waddle, here's my like how many weapons do we have to give you to see if you are our guy? So I don't hate that. I mean, Skylar Thompson, again, I'm not a huge fan either, but nope, I'm Tua, not. Tua has not done much in this league to deserve him holding that spot forever. So sometimes it's, hey, let's see what else we got. Hell, Ryan Fitzpatrick took his job for a while. So anything is possible here. I love it, Chief. That's a great call. A lot of pressure on a lot of quarterbacks yep. and then maybe even including Zach Wilson, who we didn't talk about, who is um, obviously less lesser appeal shiny toys in Miami but still um they're trying to surround Zach Wilson with talents as well in in New York so uh, a lot of stuff to to sit on and think about and yeah I'd love to maybe bring this back when uh, OTAs and maybe once again when we're talking preseason and uh depth charts and risers and ADP and the whole nine uh let's definitely circle back here so uh let's get on out of here I know Chief you got to go record a huge morning morning grind baseball slate so uh, Godspeed, my friend, and best of luck uh, getting through that bad boy tonight. But it's been a pleasure, <laughs> as usual, uh, <laughs> for my guy, Will Priester, the Chief, uh, and the Beer Makers fan, Chris Prince. We appreciate you. I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck, everybody. Take care.